The Baby Lambs podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. guys it's Ashley okay so this is a live recorded episode from our twitch we played hunt a killer season three episode five and uh, some of our audio kind of got a little lost so I wanted to come on here really quick and just talk to you a little bit about hunt a killer so hunt a killer is an is a subscription box series where you can help solve a fictional murder you can subscribe and get a series of different boxes that all tell one cohesive story and you work together with your friends or by yourself however you roll to help eliminate a suspect within each and every box so we've been playing this for quite a bit we love hunt a killer um, and you can get 20% off your first box by using code baby lambs on your first uh, purchase so that's b-a-b-y-l-a-m-b-s baby lambs at hunt a killer um, proceeds from each box actually go to the cold case foundation so it, that's pretty cool it goes straight to the pockets of those who are helping to solve real life cold cases but enough about that let's go ahead and get started on this episode i'm excited to show it to you we're excited to have you and um yeah here we go okay so we're gonna go ahead and get started we're again where this is season three episode five of curtain call um just for a brief synopsis of what we're trying to do there has been a murder like a long time ago there was like a murder like 80 years ago um and they uh, they only now discovered the body of a young starlet inside of a mm-hmm. trunk in a broadway theater called the cadence theater and um and we're just trying to we already we've been we already know who it is it's just a matter of eliminating the suspects so that we can finally save this theater that has this horrible reputation of having bodies in it so all right so first things first let's go into another scene i'm also very new to um this streaming stuff and i'm the one managing this so bear with me as i switch huh you still like you did it all right like we had our little title card you see it people when we're coming soon like starting soon you saw it you see both of us look at us i'm not I have like a like a flowy hand. We're just flowing and then hands. one that's just like well, 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 well. <laughs> one has grace, one is missing yeah, one dates. Yeah, one's more like me. <laughs> okay. So what we're gonna do, I have already pre-uploaded all of our documents. Okay. So I've sent the documents to Lisette, but I haven't really read through them. It's okay. We're going to read through them now. So get ready for a lot of reading and a lot of interpretation. Okay, so we always like to start with the letter that comes from Julia Adler. Julia Adler is the current owner of the um, 
cadence. of the cadence. So she always sends us a letter to sort of get us started. So let's go ahead and read that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're gonna see me moving the page around because I do want you guys to see as much of it as possible. So um, would you like to do the honors? Of course, it's my favorite part. Okay, All right, okay. here we go. <clears throat> Hi, done and seen. Okay. Perfect. Wow. <laughs> Hi, I think I may have found something big. I've been packing up all of the Cadence's old records, trying to make sure nothing related to the case gets left behind if the sale of the building goes through. As I was clearing out my desk just now, I found some old papers stuck in one of the drawers. I had to pull really hard to get them to come free. And when I did, I realized the drawer had an honest to God false bottom. <gasps> wow a box labeled summer 1934 right on top of the letter from hector with all the numbers at the bottom but hector never had any children so whose baby was that pin supposed to be for a baby a baby a baby a whole baby i have the feeling i know the answer to that question but i'm almost afraid to say it if i'm right that changes everything not only who i am but who my entire family is and if my grandparents hid the truth from my father for his entire life, what else might they have lied about? I don't want to believe it, but I can't deny it's at least a possibility. Right. There's something else that's been on my mind too. I keep thinking about the cut up blueprint I sent you last time, which seemed to be marking the spot for some other hiding place between the key that was found on Viola's body and that lockbox that was delivered to the theater in 1934, it doesn't seem completely impossible that someone left more than a body hidden somewhere in the cadence. So now it's a treasure hunt. I could be totally wrong. Maybe that lockbox is gone, is long gone. <clears throat> or there could actually be a box and we'll find out if it's empty. I don't know. But at this point, I'm desperate enough to try anything. If there's a chance that whatever I might I find might be able to save the cadence. What's the worst that could happen? If I do nothing, the cadence is still going to be turned into condos or a three-story yo frozen yogurt emporium or some other midtown mon monstrosity. So why not knock a few holes in the walls? Even if I don't find anything of value, maybe that lockbox will contain some information that'll bring us closer to finding Viola's killer. I think it's a theory worth exploring. I'm going to try to narrow it down where to look for the lockbox but I don't want my little treasure hunt to distract you from your main objective. The password to the virtual desktop is still blank, but the password to our case folder is blank now. You can never be too careful after all when you know, oh, when you know you want to clear, when you know you want to clear, send me a message through email shortcut on the virtual desktop, make the subject line blank and put the full name of the suspect you want to dismiss in the body of your message. You've been such, you've made making such good progress as eliminating suspects. I'm sure you'll be able to do the same this time around. Oh, wow, Julia. And Julia, shit, are you gonna make me have to re-upload that stupid blueprint? I've been uploading documents for the past couple of hours. No, we should okay. still have it here. We do, somewhere, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. If we get there, we have to get there, we will get there. All right, well, Julia, thank you for that. All right, so we're gonna have to read through all of the documents in order to get it anywhere, right? So I'm gonna go ahead and move on to the article 
oh, actually, why don't I show everyone exactly what they were talking about? What do you mean this uh, pin? This is the pin in question. It says, he's a boy. And it's really cute because it's like a little weathered here on the side of the ribbon. It's an actual little pin. So this is obviously worn Aww. for part of a baby shower celebration. Look at that little, look at that little guy. But anyway, so the next thing we're going to read is going to be, is going to be this article, okay? So it's an article about the memorial that was held for Viola Vane in her home, in, well, not in her home, but I have, for Viola Vane, written by Honoria Green. So I'll go ahead and get started. Okay, so look how beautiful she is, just looking out a window thinking I'm not gonna die in the theater that I that I'm trying to run away from that's not me all right 10 years after the disappearance of Broadway ingenue Viola Vane the theater where she once performed has finally grieved its erstwhile star the Cadence Theater, where Vane garnered acclaim for her role in the popular comedy The Strange Duo, held a memorial Monday for the beloved actress, who has not been seen since that day in 1934. Evelyn Adler, better known to theatergoers as Evelyn Kittredge, began her career on the stage as Vane's understudy and now runs the theater with her husband, Ira. Ira being Ira Adler, Ira Adler being Julia's grandfather. And, well, I guess her grandmother, too. Evelyn's grandmother. She organized the memorial to recognize the many ways Vane's disappearance has shaped the lives of those who cared for her. Quote, during Viola's place in, you can leave it right here, <laughs> it was such a bittersweet, it was such a bittersweet, I mean, what a horrible name for a play. It's sort of, like, this is where I kind of got in the room. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, okay, it was such a bittersweet opportunity, she said. Losing her was a terrible shock, but without that tragedy to bring us closer, my husband and I might not have started a family together. Mm. I often wonder if I'm living the life she was meant to lead. Wow. Mrs. Adler said she hoped a memorial would finally lay to rest the painful period in the theater's history. Quote, we may never know what really became of dear Viola, but what at work, but whenever I'm on stage, I can feel her looking down on me from above. Interesting. From above? She was found in the attic after all. Mm -hmm. Was that about Evelyn? Friends and admirers of the vanished star, Garthard, Garthard, gathered for a candy, Brother? <laughs> gathered for a candlelight remembrance in the Cadence Theater, followed by remarks from Vane's former fiance, actor Hector Rowland. Since Vane's disappearance, Rowland has found success as the star of the Dr. Dent picture uh, series, the seventh of which, Dr. Dent on Impossible Island, opens next month. All right. There is a back to this article. I don't know if it's important, but I wanted to include it here anyway. The back of, because it's like a little like piece of paper like this. So on the back of it, it says, a floral conflagration by Hank Thomas. 
Residents of the 600 block of East 75th Street who witnessed a two-alarm fire in the early hours of Monday night all reported an unusual detail about the blaze. The smoke, the smoke smelled like flowers. Firefighters dispatched to the scene quickly extinguished the flames, which originated in a florist shop. The source of the fire is believed to be the cause of the smoke's unique odor. It appears the fire started in the stock room where a large number of dried floral arrangements were stored. Samuel Frampton of the Manhattan Volunteer Fire Brigade said, most likely this accounts for the smoke. Damage from the fire appears to have been limited to a single property. There is no estimate yet as to the cost of the damages for the shop's owners. I don't know if it's important, but I just I had I decided it was a more it was better just to have it. I don't know. Sometimes there are some such little details in like the evidence that they provide to you that you kind yeah. of look at everything, hoping something gives you something. All right, where to next? Uh, just so you know, Lisette is saying she is. She she is she's advancing on some of the cluing stuff right now. She's trying to decipher some of the things yeah. that she found. I'm not just trying to be rude. Of course. Well, in the meantime, then I guess we can move on to the handwritten letter. The one of the first handwritten letters. This is gonna be a struggle bus for us to read, unless I open the desktop. But let's try it anyway. Oh goodness gracious. Uh, so just so that you know, yes, this is, so there were two pieces of paper in this. They were both back to front and they are handwritten. Lisette, if you would like, if you want me to buy you some more time while you decipher some clues, I'll be happy to read this for you. I can read. I can read All right. too. All right. Maybe we should just read everything and then like take some time to, um, to work on the clues. Yeah. I can do that for sure. Which letter is it? This is, it's the one that starts with such time I've given to this enterprise. Yeah, tu sabes. Here we go, here we go. And we met, all right. Such time I've given to this enterprise only to have my whole world turned upside down. Uh, what, what was once my foundation is now over my head. Take it. The play isn't working, even though my love in my love is in it. I'm going to need to call eight three. <laughs> yeah, there, and then there's like a like a bunch of blue blah blah, blah words. Yeah. Okay, here we go. To call them babushkas. No, that's like the coded word. Oh, okay. I'm like. <laughs> the coded babushka. have to call them again. And before they have to be the ones to pick up the telephone, and men, right? Happen to men who don't repay men like them, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I used to pay them what I owe, write it down, look at it. Maybe no, I think it's I will... need to pay them what I owe. Oh, sorry. I need to pay them what I owe, write it down, look at it. Maybe then it will finally sink in. I'll forgive you, my darling. I know you'll make it make it up to me. Oof. So much back and forth here. Alright. What what could I do to get what they need? Well, there's one thing I could use. My only thing. It is my livelihood. It is everything. It is what brought me to my love. 
okay. No, that, I have to get to the, the back of this page. Oh, to my so love. To my love. Oh, to me in the first place. But if I don't, yeah, but if I don't, what could that mean for me and you? Sorry if I sound terrible while reading this, but it's like, it's hella cursive. It's a lot of cursive and there's code in there. So it's, really yeah. Cool. Did Epi write this? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think she she does this on the side and doesn't tell us anything. I know. She just doesn't want to ruin the, the prank. <laughs> All right. If I slept me... You imagine these were our words? <laughs> and you just pronounced it so perfectly. Perfectly. Where would that leave us? If I left this place and these people, I'm sure I could convince you to come with me. I can imagine it in verse oh i can imagine it in verse in the way i know you would appreciate a way of which i know you are fond all right and then oh. there's like scratch, a scratch 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 what does it say it says what does it say the two of us stop the world stop the empire state building for you no i think it's a top it's a top the two of us atop the world atop oh. the empire state building um yeah. honestly the two of us stop the world. That's pretty wrong. Stop the world. I want to get off. We stop the world. We stop the Empire State Building. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt reading the rest of it. Here, actually, it's... It's going to be in the desktop. I blame this book also. Yeah, it's 100% in the desktop. It's 100% in the desktop. That I have open. That I have open, but I'm choosing to be <laughs> terrible. All right. So, uh, you... The oh. arms of any old buffoon, but in mine. I guess he's also a buffoon. Yep, yep. A world that means to keep us apart would would make us spend 120 days in Sodom as... No. No, 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 no. So <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the next, that's the next note. Hold on. Here's the, here's the next note. Let me... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> such, such vulgarity, such mund- mundanity? Mundanity? Mundanity. Mundanity is inappropriate for a beauty such as you, my darling. Will anything be good enough? Some people just aren't poets, I suppose. Oh, if only I could write something for you as the bard wrote for the dark lady. What is this, Sailor Moon? Ah, I too do rise at thy name. Oh, I think that's a penis thing. If only my nobler part were more inclined, I could write tales of you as my bright lady. Maybe one day, maybe an epic. Of course, there is always a problem of seven. Oh, Tim, But such problems shall be dealt with before we can be together. What I have to deal with now is what's directly in front of me. What's waiting on the west side if I don't get them what I owe. I'd never let such problems fall to your feet. Hold on. I've come to terms that I may Wait, 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 wait. There we go. Okay, just kind of... No, 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 no. Sorry. It's just... It's all ridiculous. It's okay, it's okay. I've come to terms that I may have... That I might have to sell even... Even if to just pay off Bezakmas. I don't want to, and I don't... (laughs) And I don't think you'll be pleased, my bright lady. But even so, it seems like good hands away the sitting gay with Ira. This may have brought us together, but I know we don't need, we don't need it to stay together. Oh, the romance, the passion, 
Maybe I did write this. <laughs> oh my God. Have people fallen? No. My my bright lady. My bright lady. Well, for you as a bard, wrote for the dark lady. Mm-hmm. All right, so we definitely have to transcribe. We have to figure that sh- stuff out. Yeah. Because the Lord yeah. knows what any of that meant. Gaga. All right. Let's get to Gaga. Vamos a ver otro, like another legible thing. Um, okay, so for example, we do have a letter from Hector. Okay. So vamos a ver dónde está Hector. El Hector letter está aquí. All right. <laughs> so Hector, this is from the desk of Hector Roland, dated August 13th, 1934. Ira. As the strange duo approaches the end of its wildly successful run, success that is in no small part due to yours truly, I think it is appropriate for me to take some more time to relax and rejuvenate. The actor's body is his primary tool after all. I simply cannot, in good conscience, allow my instrument to become worn and weary. The entire production would be sure to suffer for that, I should think. Not to mention that Lucy and Louise, Louis, 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 Lucy and Louis, the folks I've hired to keep an eye on my place in New Canaan, New Canaan, New Canaan, while I'm in the city, have simply been doing too phenomenal a job. It's become impossible to stay away for too long, for so for long, whatever. You know what they say, good friends are hard to find, but good help is nearly impossible. All of this is to say that I'll be out of the city today and Tuesday, taking in more of the fresh Connecticut air, to which I've lately become so accustomed. I'll be sure to be back in time for our first duo performance of the week on Wednesday. Unfortunately, this does mean that I'll be missing the initial reading of, you can leave it right here. I'll be sure to look over my part sometime soon. As we both know, you of all people owe me a certain amount of leniency and I expect you'll find this an acceptable arrangement. Let me know if there's anything I can pick up for you or perhaps for Evelyn or even Joe while I'm away. News, souvenirs, or any anything else of the sort. Pass the information, pass this information on to whomever else you think needs to know. See you soon. Hector, P.S. Here's a bunch of numbers. Good luck with that. That's where I'm at right now. New Canaan. New Canaan. Hello, Mira, ¿quién está aquí? Está ese chui. Oh my god, our biggest fan. Okay, well, I'm sorry. New Canaan. Not New Canaan. Are you sure it's not New Canaan? It's a, look, we say it however we want. It's New Canaan. It's New Canaan. I say. All right. 80% sure, he says. Well, I'm 20% sure it's New Canaan. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. All right. What else can we read? Because there is quite a bit more to read. I'm writing. I can read whatever you want me to read. I know, but I'm trying to think of what documents, because there's so many documents. I know. This one's like nothing but document. Okay, here. Look, you know what's the thing we can read? You know what we should read? You know what? I'm going to read the Louis Walters paper. Or not going to read. I'm going to post the Louis Walters papers. Sounds good? What did I say? The private practice of Louis Walters. Oh, yay. Mira, mira, mira. There's four pages, so I'm going to go on to May 11th. 
This is the front. All right, I only have English as a minor. Well, I don't have, I have English as a language and that's uh, questionable. I have English as a second language. All right, well, whenever, whenever you're ready. All right. This is the one that's dated for May 11th, 1934. Okay, I'm ready, I'm there. Go for it. Here we, here we go. Ah. All right, so performed at 513, yeah, Hyacinth? Hyacinth? Whatever. Uh, it's in New Canaan. Oh no, New Canaan, Connecticut. It's a private residence. Okay, so patient's name is Victoria Gaina. Date of patient's birth, June 16th, 1911. She's a Gemini. Now we know. Patient's age, she's 22. Current weight, 135 pounds. Ooh, girl is average. She a sun girl. <laughs> Wait, you didn't read what it says. It's the private practice of Dr. Louis Walker. Oh, yeah. It's a prenatal, prenatal care form. Prenatal care form. I read that, Ashley. You weren't paying attention. Gone. Oh, sorry. My mistake. My mistake. Kidding. So current height of patient, five foot one. Patient's eye color, hazel. Patient's hair color, auburn. Marital status of patient, single. Occupation of, page, of patient, actress. Estimated date of delivery, August 15th, 1934. Wait, wait, wait. What did it say in the letter? Hey, what did it say in the letter? Yes. He was away for a couple of days, August 13th. He said he was going to be away for a couple of days. Hmm. <laughs> Estimated date of conception, late December to early January, 1934. Ooh, baby. Age of... Fetus, approximately 17 weeks. Uh, yes. Here we go. Overview of patient's medical history. The patient detailed prior breaks and lacerations to her limbs sustained at the hands of her mother. Oh, oh my God. In addition to these frankly disturbing revelations, the patient mentioned having been born almost a month premature herself. The patient has not experienced any major diseases or infections, has no personal or familial history of mental illness, and is not currently taking any form of medication. Overall, the patient is currently in excellent physical condition, although her mental state is somewhat overwrought. All right, and the next page is a summary of appointment. The patient reported that the first trimester of her pregnancy had been plagued by persistent headaches, faintness, and fatigue, which she initially interpreted as a result of personal and work-related stress. These symptoms have persisted, she said, but with decreased fre frequency. The patient also experienced moderate to severe nausea consistently, consistently through, throughout the first trimester and was somewhat relieved to inform me that this nausea had died down dramatically over the past few days. The patient reported that along with her recent decrease in nausea came a sharp spike in appetite. <clears throat> Although this progression is not entirely atypical of pregnancy in its natural course, I credit some of this return vigor as well as the ebbing of her less pleasant symptoms to the patient's relocation to her current peaceful countryside environment and the decrease in her rather hectic former schedule. Indeed, I noted to the patient that she had had she continued with her former schedule, the health of the fetus would likely have been in some measure of jeopardy. The patient expressed distress at this, and I assured her that there was no need to worry as long as 
She was willing to commit to allowing herself to rest and relax. Treatment plan. I will, re I will be returning on a bi-weekly basis to perform regular examinations on Ms. Gaina's on Ms. Gaina to ensure that everything is running smoothly and according to schedule. And I will also remain on call should any immediate issues arise. For Ms. Gaina's day-to-day -day needs, I recommend that Mr. Rowland hire Ms. Lucy Eastman to provide full-time live-in assistance. I have worked with Ms. Eastman in the past and hold her in the highest esteem as a caregiver and midwife. Interesting. I know. At the moment, I suggest Ms. Gaina eat heartily, sleep as much as off and as often as her body demands and stay off her feet. My concern at the moment is the potential for cephalopelvic disproportion, oh my God, considering the patient's small stature, but that doesn't seem particularly likely at this juncture. Additional comments. Mr. Rowland, when you first contacted me, you asked if I was capable of discretion and I replied that I most certainly was, especially in the cases of dashing celebrities, a group with whom I've had plenty of feelings in the past. However, I could never have predicted this rather irregular situation was what you required discretion for. I do, nevertheless, admire how you've committed to looking after your friend in her time of need. In terms of Ms. Bain's medical situation, I'm relieved that she consented to receiving medical supervision at this juncture. I maintain a cautious optimism regarding her condition to avoid creating a paper trail. I'll accept all payments rendered in cash for my services. Ooh, so she was Preggers and he was covering for her. And he even said to Ira that she, he hired Louie and King of Hissa? Yeah, Louie Louis and Lucy, <laughs> as if they were like property maintain, like like whatever, like mm -hmm. property. <gasps> Okay. Old timey people and their secrets. And their ethics. Oh my god. Oh, Alright, you ready for the next one? Yes. Okay, so it is now a follow-up. It's August 12, 1934. This is the day before he wrote that letter to Ira and right before she gave birth. Or she was yes. scheduled to give birth. To give birth. Um at this point she is now 23 years old and she is weighing 163 pounds. She has not grown. Uh, in these four months. I just felt that it was important to know. Alright, so, summary of appointment. I was called by Miss Eastman a little after 1pm. She informed me that the patient had begun experiencing contractions. I immediately packed the requisite equipment and left for the residence. By the time I arrived, Miss Eastman had prepared the birthing room and, con and contractions had begun to occur at regular five-minute intervals. Sometime... During the fourth hour of labor, Ms. Gaina expressed interest in being given a sedative, a request I was more than willing to fulfill. I administered a low dosage mixture of morphine and sco scopo scopolamine, at that time, I hate medical terms, and the patient became somewhat more relaxed soon thereafter. The patient's labor persisted for eight hours and 12 minutes in total before full dilation was achieved. The delivery took place at 9.19 at night, the patient delivered a healthy and very vocal infant. The infant was cleaned and dried, and the umbilical cord was clamped and severed. The infant's heart rate, breathing, muscle tone, and reflex response were then measured and all found to be within willing, within acceptable ranges. The infant successfully latched and began to nurse approximately 37 minutes after delivery. I then provided the infant a thick blanket and a small woolen cap and placed the infant in the mother's arms. 
This is gonna get really sad. I don't think I'm ready for the sadness. Okay. Treatment plan. Going forward, I confidently place the care of the mother and newborn into Miss Eastman's hands. Once Miss Gaynor returns to work, Miss Eastman will assume responsibility for the care of the infant, who will remain in New Canaan. My one recommendation is that the mother take at least a few months to recuperate before returning to the stage. Her spirit may be strong, but her frame is extremely small. It may very well take quite some time for her to feel up to snuff as it, as it were. However, I worry that she isn't particularly interested in following this piece of advice and encourage Mr. Rowland to do what he can to convince her to take some time off. Mm. Additional comments. I'm sorry that you weren't able to reach New Canaan in time for the birth, Mr. Rowland. It was a noble thing to do, I think, to remain in New York for your show to deter suspicion. Mm. I'm glad I was able to at least place a call to your apartment that night so you could hear the infant breathing. It looks like this is the end of our professional correspondence, Mr. Roland. If you ever find yourself in need of my services or my company, you have my number. document here that I'm going to bring out. It is from the Excelsior Hotel. Okay. Okay. And I'm, it's a, the Excelsior Concierge Report number 65. Um, so essentially it's a listing of the whereabout, I guess the people who who required concierge services and it has some times here. I just want to bring it out so you guys can see it because I'm sure it will have some level of relevance. As far as names are concerned, I don't see any names that we have that we have seen before, but this is on November 6th. Um, a meal and drink sent to the table. Guest required cocktails made to his specification, champagne, absinthe, lime wedge. So I just wanted to show you guys this because it is in here and I'm sure that it'll become important. There is a second page of the Excelsior report where it has the Omen family, Lisa and Louise Burns, Edward Gad, Shelley King, Benjamin Crothers, A.R. Laird, Anthony Grady, and Lloyd Turkle. I'm sure that this will become a, uh, important soon, but it's hard to say, like in what in what regard, because I guess the only name that I see repeated here belongs to. Let me see. The only name I see repeated. I thought I saw one. A. R. Laird. A.R. Laird is the only person that appears twice here and is in the same room. It's, um, and... Okay, so, you know what, let me read. I'm gonna read his at least because it's interesting. So, on the Excelsior Report on 65, A.R. Laird's 
the notes that were given were between 4.54 p.m. and 6.15 p.m. So that's on the bottom right corner or the, the last line here. Pushed reservation following lengthy telephone conversation. Offered complimentary meal and drink sent to table during dinner. Guest requested cocktails made to his specifications. Champagne, absinthe, dash of bitters, shot of lime, simple syrup, lime wedge garnish. And then I'm sure I have a feeling this has to do with the last box where they, when Hector went um, drinking or something. Okay, and on the other side, it says delivered customers specified drink as requested customers guest choked during dinner. Nearby guest assisted and professional medical assistance was not required. So that's a little uh, okay. Let's see if there's anything else following more minus one. There was somebody. There was somebody on this first page who was escorted off the premises and didn't have a room assigned to them named Tom Burke. Following minor scuffle, escorted from the premises after attempting to drink from the hotel's unmanned bar. Not currently a guest at the hotel. Recurring issue with this customer. Jesus. All right, so I'll hold that in case something else comes up and I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on to the property agreement. So let me see, the property agreement. So as you can see, this is a lengthy property agreement. It was made, this agreement was made on January 4th of 1935. So that was the following year between the Cadence Theater as represented by George Erickson, its owner, here and after the seller, and Ira Adler and Evelyn Adler hereafter the buyer. So now we know that George Erickson sold the Cadence to the, to the Adlers. For the sale of the property, yes, Erickson, yes, Erickson. <laughs> okay. For the sale of the property pursuant to the following terms and conditions, and with the acknowledgement that the buyers will maintain joint and equal ownership of the property following the signing of this agreement. Guarantee of payment, Hector Rowland, whose considerable personal and familial assets have facilitated this agreement, has agreed to fulfill the role of guarantor of the payment. Mr. Rowland agrees to undertake all legal and financial responsibility in ensuring that the agreed upon payment be fulfilled under the agreed upon conditions and within the agreed upon time frame described below. Mr. Rowland furthermore agrees to forego all future stake and responsibility in the ownership, maintenance, and financial affairs of the property once the conditions of this agreement have been met in full. I'm excited. All right, financing. This agreement is contingent upon the buyer delivering payment in full within one day of signing this agreement. This payment is to be made in cash and will be delivered as soon as the seller delivers the full extent of items and documents requested by the buyer below. The buyer offers to purchase the property from the seller on the following conditions. One, the seller agrees to transfer ownership of all keys acquired for, access, for accessing the premises and areas and objects therein immediately upon the signing of this document. The seller acknowledges that no copies of duplicates exist of these keys at this time and that the buyer will be in sole possession of the means of accessing, of accessing the property and its contents. 
two. The seller agrees to transfer all items located within the property at the time of signing to the buyer. The seller will not, in the process of vacating the premises, remove any items from the property. The seller acknowledges doing so as a violation of the terms of this contract. Number three, the seller acknowledges that this agreement must be signed upon initial reading or will otherwise be revoked and agrees to forego the consultation of any legal representation in the process of reviewing and signing the document. Four, the seller acknowledges that this is the buyer's first and final offer and that buyer who is aware of the seller's precarious financial situation is not interested in engaging in any form of negotiation in regards to the amount of method of payment. The title requirements. The, the seller shall deliver the deed of the property to the buyer within one day of signing this agreement. If this requirement is not met within the allotted time, the agreement will be rendered null and void. The seller will also deliver to the buyer within the same time frame a property signed and notarized, a properly signed and notarized warranty deed with lien co uh, covenant and other such form of deed that is acceptable to the buyer. The closing. Closing is the date in which the seller executed deed is delivered to the buyer. The closing date is designated as January 5th of 1935. In no event shall the closing be later than this date. On the left, it says amount of method of payment, amount and method of payment. The buyer and the seller agree to the following amount, $250,000. It's a little small there, so I'm gonna read it. The initial and sole deposit will cover this amount in its entirety and will be delivered to the seller of the by the buyer. The deposit shall not be shall be immediately returned if the contract is not accepted by the seller of this contract fails to close for any reason, not the fault of the buyer. And then it says possession. The seller shall deliver full possession of the property and all of the items located herein to the buyer no later than the closing date and it is signed by a bunch of people. By a bunch of people. <laughs> the seller, George Erickson, the buyer, Ira Adler, along with Evelyn Adler, and the guarantor of payment is Hector Rowland. Hmm. So interesting. So Hector helped pay or did pay for this for this uh property and signed away all of his rights to it, to the Adlers. Hmm. That's, that, that is what I am to assume, right? Yeah, because it says uh, he agrees to undertake all legal and financial responsibility and ensuring that the agreed upon payment be fulfilled, but he agrees to forego all future stake and responsibility in the ownership maintenance. Okay. Things have gotten quite juicy. Because we did already eliminate Hector. Hector's already been eliminated as a suspect. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what's going on here. And I imagine this has to do with the baby. Yep. Just a thought. I'm, I'm almost done with, with the first of the decipher. The deciphers. Okay. Well, in that case, well, while you're working on that, I will read another document. This is called, I'm calling it the client copy. It's a front and back situation, so Okay, dear sir and madam, <clears throat> enclosed the official summary of the Croft Myers investigation report concerning case 11 2001. 
request. Clients requested investigation into one Victoria Gaina, alias Viola Vane, specifically information concerning her unexplained absences on weekends. Surveillance to begin on October 19th and last until sufficient evidence of activities has been gathered. Agent assigned to the case is Brian Michelson. What a name. Initial determination. Upon her weekend excursions, Ms. Vane, for exact reasons unknown, has been visiting the town of New Canaan, Connecticut. While there have been while there has been no hard evidence obtained, the enclosed report contains some speculations on the part of the investigator. No evidence thus far suggests foul player or malfeasance. What follows is a concise summary and evidence of the investigation's findings. The summary begins. On each occasion on which she was followed, Ms. Vane went out with what seemed to be a deliberate in intent to obscure her identity, often wearing large sunglasses and unseasonable hats. Of course, it is possible that as a famous actress, she was simply hiding her identity to prevent herself from being overwhelmed by her many fans. It is, however, this investigator's theory that Ms. Vane knew she was being pursued. I have no evidence to support such claims other than the feeling in my gut. On the first, occasions of, on the first occasion of Pursuit, uh, October 19, 1934, the subject was seen boarding a blue line train to the on the Eastern Boundary Railroad. Unfortunately, the train departed before I was able to board. Though her exact destination was unknown, the only stops were in either New York or Connecticut. I obtained a blue line map and in place of, fut of futilely pursuing futilely futilely whatever, pursuing the subject, returned to her home neighborhood to question neighbors for information. The only knowledge that they possessed of the subject's intended destination seemed ripped straight from gossip columns and was largely discounted. On the date of October 26, I successfully tailed the subject aboard another Blue Line train, though she moved erratically through the station, furthering my suspicion that the subject knew or suspected she, has been, she was being followed. Subject disembarked in the town of New Canaan, Connecticut, where a taxi cab was awaiting for her. I was unable to obtain the taxi's license plate, but observed the vehicle heading east on Elm Street before turning north on Park Street and disappearing from my sight. The only lead available was Chester's Cabs, the company to which the taxi belonged. I was able to discover which cab was at the train station and track down the driver. The driver of the cab in question, Robert Bickle, could not recall where exactly he took the subject. Quote, you'd think I'd remember. I would have paid better attention if I'd known she was Viola Vane. Hmm. All right. Afterward, I obtained a map of New Canaan and identified local hotels, inns, and other potential locations of the subject's possible short-term stay. Sensing a pattern on November 2nd, I awaited the subject in a rented car in New Canaan and observed her entering another awaiting taxi cab. This time, there was another man present in the rear of the taxi. I pursued the vehicle to a gated community outside New Canaan proper, but was unable to enter. I noted that when the taxi cab departed a few minutes later, the driver was only was the only occupant of the vehicle. I surveyed, I surveilled the community throughout the weekend, but the subject was not seen leaving. 
of the multiple of the multiple not multiple of the multiple vehicles that entered and left the community i was unable to confirm if any were connected to the subject in addition to personal vehicles entering and leaving i did observe a lettuce celebrate catering van lettuce celebrate lettuce celebrate it's a great name a truck from take the plunge plumbing and a car from be positive home health care all right be positive be positive on the weekend of november 9th no new information on the subject was gained though she was reported missing that week she was not observed in new canaan in lieu of being able to pursue the subject i inquired around new canaan stopping into locations where she might have been spotted though no one recalled seeing her and on the week of, or the week of november 12th i worked on confirming the police's runaway theory though they usually cater to runaway young runaways younger than the subject none of my usual new york city contacts provided any leads on her whereabouts located in locations in new canaan proved similarly uh, scarce leads scarce Additionally, due to a lack of payment, Croft Myers Investigations regrets that this is that it is unable to continue this investigation. Case files are always available should you wish to pursue this investigation independently. The conclusion. The investigator must agree with the police's theory that the subject been label, be labeled a runaway. There is no discernible evidence to suggest that the subject is still within the bounds of New York City or the frequently visited city of New Canaan. We wish you the best of luck. Sincerely, Brian Michelson, Croft Myers Investigations. Okay. Wow. And it was uh, stamped by a notary on January 4th. Oh, sorry. What am I saying? That was the, that stupid thing. Never mind. Uh, yeah. And this is a client copy. So, who is the client? Or do we know who the client is? Maybe it's George Erickson because this was found. It has to be the Adlers or George Erickson because this was found in that hidden yeah. door, right? So, if this is a client copying. So how's it going? So I got the one that's in Hector's letter. Okay, should I reopen Hector's letter? Uh, no. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, I mean, if you want to for, for people to refresh on it. All right. Okay. So it says, doctor called, baby born. Do you want to visit? Have you told E? That's what it says? One more time. Doctor called, baby born. Do you want to visit? Have you told E for Evelyn? Hmm. This was a letter addressed to Ira, right? Yeah. No. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was addressed to Ira. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. The last bit I'll give to you. These are the divorce documents. Oh, and then there's one that I don't, I don't think I saw it in the scans, but it's in the documents, like in the, in the
the folder on the virtual desktop, it's a jewelry appraisal? Yeah, I don't have that as a document in here. Okay, well, I deciphered it. I can tell you what it says. Oh, so do you want to do that first? Because I can open the desktop and, and show everybody. Yeah. All right. Just give me a second. So here we are. This is the investigation desktop. Um, if, when you're playing this game, you have the option to use this desktop to sort of help you keep your stuff organized. It's also where they put transcripts of the handwritten stuff so that we don't, you know, hurt ourselves, which is clearly something we did anyway. But there is here something, a transcript jewelry appraisal RTF. Um, so, um, all right. So it says, never expected it to be worth so much. I feel so scrambled up inside. <laughs> so the deciphered message is, I asked Mr. Germond about discrete temporary storage. He recommended a Paladin brand lockbox. I asked who? Mr. Germond. So I guess it's whoever, whatever locks Whoever praised it? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. But what was the item? So we don't know what the item was. Yeah. No. There's no jewelry. It feels scrambled up inside. I wish I had it. I don't think I had that. While we figure out this mess, here's a short message from our sponsor. All right, so are you ready for the last the last bit, the divorce papers? Girl, I'm so ready. All right, here we go. Oh, are you are you reading? Or? Oh, uh, I'll read it. Okay. Here we go. In the Superior Court of the State of New York, in and for the city and county of New York. So here we go. Ruth Marie, or Mary, Ruth Mary Erickson is the plaintiff versus George Charles Erickson, the defendant. Um, the date is July 9th, 1935. Complaint for divorce on the grounds of adultery and non-support. Seeking sole custody, financial support, residence at 136 Birchwood Circle, Tannersville, Pennsylvania. Here we go. Both the plaintiff and defendant are residents of the state of New York and have and have been such for the entirety of their lives. They married in the city of New York and the state of New York on day June 6, 1975. Okay, so they have a Gemini anniversary. It explains a lot, right? It does it. <laughs> it does. Ruth Mary Axis swears she is the plaintiff in the above entitled action that she has read the complaint for divorce and knows the contents thereof. George Charles Erickson swears he is the defendant in the above entitled action that he has read the complaint for divorce and knows the contents there the contents thereof. This cause came to be heard by the Honorable jo Judge Cormac Holden on the day of July 9, 1935. Lawrence Kelly appears as the attorney for the plaintiff, while Reese Lomax appears the attorney for the defendant. A timeline of... Sorry, I have to zoom in because my eyes can't see as clear as they used to. 
So, a timeline of the plaintiff's official complaints and actions are as follows. The plaintiff filed for separation from the defendant upon the day of November 20th, 1934. In the official file for separation, the plaintiff cited adultery and non-support as reasons for filing. On December 4th, 1934, the plaintiff and counsel hired private private detective Brian Michelson of Cross Myers Investigations to discover evidence of the defendant's adultery. Mm-hmm. On the day of December 20th, 1934, my birthday, testimony was recorded from one Fiona Jean John- Johnston. Johnstone? Johnstone, I guess. She confirmed participation in, the, in an adulterous relationship with a defendant that lasted from December 1930th until March 1932. Who the hell is... Fiona Jean Johnstone. She's she's the person of the adultery. Gotcha. All right. Let me know when you've changed the page. I did. Go for it. All right. An excerpt of Miss Johnstone's statement follows: Georgie and I only ever saw each other at night. If you catch my drift, oh, you'd God. come along and see me at the club where I sing. Then wait until everyone else cleared out. Look, fella, I'm not thick. I knew I wasn't the only girl he was seeing. But I broke it off when I found out that other girl was his wife. He kept, he kept coming around for a couple of months after that, but then he just vanished. If you ask me, he found himself a new girl. On December 19th, 1934, Lawrence Kelly obtained financial records from the defendant and confirmed a gross misappropriation of personal funds. On January 2nd, 1935, the plaintiff appeared, oh, the plaintiff filed papers to hold the defendant at fault in the divorce and the finding the plaintiff seeks sole custody of single daughter, funding for the support of the plaintiff and daughter, residence at 136 Birchwood Circle, Tennersville, Pennsylvania. The defendant and his counsel have elected not to contest the divorce. Upon review, it has been adjourned, adjudged. The defendant is guilty of adultery and non-support, and the plaintiff is entitled to a final and complete divorce from the defendant. The plaintiff is to be granted sole custody of their daughter and the aforementioned residence. Henceforth, funds from the defendant are to be allocated in support of the plaintiff and their daughter on, re- on a regular basis. Today, J- July 9th, 1935, upon the entry of these forms, the final judgment, what, did, what just happened? Dissolving the marriage between the plaintiff and the defendant shall be recognized. Signed, Ruth Mary Erickson, George Charles Erickson, Judge Cormac Holden, Lawrence Kelly, and Reese Lomax. And then we have what's it? And then we have what? No, oh, that's it. I was going through the photos that you had sent me. Oh. Oh yeah. So yes, it got super scandalous. Goodness gracious. Um, and the last item that we need to address that was in the box. What's in the box? Was this lacy glove. Oh my God, please wear it. Please oh my wear God, it. wait, I'm gonna put it on right now because there we go. Look at that aged lace. It's so, it, for those that, who are, those who are listening at home, it's like a, it's clearly meant to look aged. So it might've once been a lighter color, but it's now like a nice skin tone baby <laughs> color. Please wear it randomly around the house, like in the dark and then just like caress Gabe. Oh my just god, like I have slowly. to because I only have one damn glove. I know, Abby. This is or crazy. just like take it off, take it off, and then just like slap him with it. Just yeah, and be like, how dare you? No, you mean like with the glove off, right? Yeah. How dare you? And then 
You're, you're a monster. Bish-bosh. Bish-bosh. So yeah, then we got the single glove, though they don't say where the glove comes from, <laughs> where the glove came from. It came from your butt. Okay, obviously, because it's just there. All right, so we have a couple of other codes to decode. I still, we still need to figure out what this Excelsior shit is for. Oh, I'm like, what? What? Yeah, the Excelsior Hotel, the uh, concierge reports. Oh, the jewelry appraisal thing is here. Where is it? It's in the in the website. Okay, let me open that. Where where is it? It's under Coney. And then it says jewelry appraisal. Oh. oh, the glove was in the false false bottom. Oh, I see. Okay, so if we let's zoom in a little bit for those watching at home. Uh this is okay. Alright, so I'll read this then. Um, it's from Alexandrite Antiques and Appraisals. Uh, the appraiser was German. This was appraised on February 12, 1934. The client was Victoria Gaina. Okay. The following describes the results of the appraisal conducted on Ms. Gaina's jewelry collection. While each piece was considered individually, a number of gemstones were found to be functionally identical throughout the lack through their lack of flaws, will be grouped together on this document accordingly. In-depth individual evaluations of each piece can be made available at the client's request. This appraisal certifies that each piece has been examined by an esteemed professional. So again, what day was this? Does it say yet? Oh, February 12th, okay. So the items include a diamond and emerald inlaid gold earrings, diamond inlaid silver earrings, diamond and silver cuff rings. So she was like getting rid of all her shit. Mm-hmm. Someone getting ready to go. Yeah, she was selling all her shit off. Uh, the gold clasp string of pearls. There's a lot of stuff here. Yeah, no, she had a... Just the diamond inlaid necklace was worth 44000 She had a lot going on. So these were all... In, okay, so this is what you had read. Never expected it to be worth so much. I feel so scrambled up inside. And that's when he said... And then she said, Gurman re- recommends... Yeah. Recommends putting it in like a lockbox, a paladin lockbox. And I guess that's the... The lockbox that's on the blue that's on the blue thing the blueprint the blueprint and it's what samson uh joe samson signed off on the delivery of that box interesting dios mio oh there's actually a picture of the drawer yeah that's why i said um the the glove was in there look at this look at this look at this a lost glove what's that i don't know what that is do you see? Oh, you can't see my cursor. That like yeah, little shiny looking thing? This thing? I know. I don't know what that shiny thing is. It looks what? like one avia. How come I didn't get the avia? Any other transcripts in here? The coded note, the hotel records. So these are the hotel records that I was reading before, which we need to figure out what why that's important. 
transcripted coded notes. Interesting. All right. All right. Not my Borders Globe. <laughs> That's not my Borders Globe. Okay. So the next set of things that we need to transcribe is from these notes. The notes from the, the handwritten letters. For reference, these are the ones I'm talking about. This. Hmm. So you're going to have to give us a little bit of time because we are going to have to decipher that. Part of this, uh, in order for us to end this episode, we need to send off who we think could be eliminated as a probable suspect. So we need to be able to align the times, right? And uh, whatever else. So I'm sure that's why this is important. Uh, not the, necessarily this note, but the Excelsior Hotel is important because we need to find, we need to figure out who would be. The Colonel did it in the library. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's always the Colonel. It's always the Colonel. Why can't it be anyone else? Colonel Mustard. Never, you know. I think it's because a lot of, there are some people who don't like mustard and, and some people are just wrong. This is what thing? Oh, November hmm? 6th. It's November 6th, which is what? The day that she, like, disappears? I like to recall that. Yes. Yeah. I can go through my other boxes. Hold on. You, don't, you may not have to do that. I can probably pull it up from, from other things. A collection of documents from all of these cases which I keep saying to myself I am going to organize this with my filing cabinets and all do I ever I don't yeah I think she disappeared on the 6th yeah it was November 6th because it was on November 7th that her mom called the police and looked so I guess we want to look at whoever was at the Excelsior in that time that she goes missing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because I look at the, the weekend, this thing, the uh, the weekend, uh, here's what happened on the weekend of the yeah. 6th. How many documents? Come in these things, okay? There was 19 in this one. Oi. You did a great job. I do want to look this up, though. I forgot how to do this coding. Which one? Which the one coding are you looking with at? The, I'm looking at the handwritten notes. Oh. With the like lyrics and shit. Because it has the time signature shit on it. And I'm trying, I don't remember how to do the time signature stuff. Mm -hmm. What are you looking at? I'm going through the, um, through the Excelsior notes or the records or whatever. Gotcha. 
Alright. I'm gonna switch to the desktop for just a moment. Y'all can help too if you want. Not I, I know you're like, I don't even know where to go. I don't know where to start. I'll, I'll give you a place to start. So this is where we need to start in this tiny print that you probably can't really see. So what I'm trying to identify is this. Shimakako ozegoaxis happen to men who don't repair. Like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? What? So there's a cocktail that someone orders that's the cocktail that's like the one of the recipes that they give you. Oh yeah? Yeah. It is? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cute. That was AR Laird, no? Yeah. Or is it R A, -A R? Yeah, it's AR. AR Laird. Let's see. Let me see something. Okay, so I'm gonna go into the cipher guide to help me. <laughs> I looked at the newspaper clipping from the last box. Remember the the play Wolves? Whoops? Wolves? No, I don't remember. So oh, Wolves? I remember that. Wolves? And my favorite movie, It Occurred One Day. <laughs> Have you cracked the number code? Which number code? You mean the numbers that are on the handwritten note? That's what we're trying to figure out. If you're trying to, if you're asking about the Hector note, where all the numbers were, if you're asking about this one. Yeah, we saw that one a long time ago. Let's see. If you're asking about this one. Yes, this one we solved already. Rather, Lisette solved it. Okay, then I'm useless. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> hey, you're welcome to help with the other one. I, that's the one I'm trying to figure out right now. Look. The one I'm trying to figure out right now is from the handwritten ones. Um, where they each had like these little time signatures and I forgot how to read them. Isn't it the shift one? Is it? The shift cipher. The Caesar cipher. To encode a sentence using a shift cipher, the writer e writes each letter of the alphabet forward by a certain fixed letter. For example, the top row of the following chart is regular, unencoded alphabet. The bottom row is the alphabet shifted forward by five letters. Okay. Okay. All right. So what happens if we do it that way? Show you the letter? I can show you the letter. Let me see. What if one of these names at the Excelsior is like someone's name shifted around? No, that has to be. So this is the letter in question. You see this is, has a time signature of 8-3 and a time signature of 4-3. And these are the words we're trying to to decipher so it's like t-h-m-b-b-b-e-b whatever there's actually like a cipher website that they use in this game yeah 
I want to go. I think Crypti is probably the better. Yeah, is on our. All right, let's try the. It was the shift, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, they call it the Caesar. Okay, so let's try one of the things. H M I'm literally just gonna shift it until I see. <laughs> until I see words. Okay, I'll show you. I'll show you what I'm doing. Alright, so this is a website that they provide in the game. And I'm literally just shifting it over. If you could see, here I'll make this a little easier to see. So this is, for example, this is one of the words. And I am using this to go through and, and shift it until I see that this makes words. I don't think, I, can, I don't know if it's the shift. It may not be the shift cipher. Let's see what other ciphers it could be. The shift is only used on parts of the message, perhaps every second letter shifted while the other words in a sentence are left. This could be done by the time. Every third letter might be shifted while the rest of the letters are alone. So why don't we try that? The eighth letter, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Shifted by three. You want me to help you? Yes. Okay, so I will do the one on the second page. The one on the second page? Okay. Yeah, there's... This is all, oh, well, yeah, this has three pages, right? I think it's every third letter shifted by me. Joey says. Which might be because. So, what is the explanation to that? He's saying that every third letter might be shifted by. Well, like, but the way that the time signature works is you take the first number, the number on the top, you count, you count to that letter. And then that letter is shifted by the number of spaces that are is on the bottom. Let's try that. Let's see. If that be the case, that's minus eight. Is E. So you might be right there. Because then this first one already spells the. And then the other one, one, two, three. Okay, can you repeat it to me again? Yes, just give me a second. So, okay, so you see, so it has one number on the top and one number on the bottom. Mm -hmm. So the top number, count Mm -hmm. the number of letters. So if it's four, then you go one, two, three, four. That fourth letter shifted by by the number on the bottom. So in this case, like the first word that, if this is correct, is this one, the Batusi? The Batusians. Who are the Batusians? The ace detective strikes again. Relax. Relax. Relax with your shit. Maybe, though. Maybe you did strike again and you actually made it work. Okay. So, the second one, I need to open up. So, the one that I was looking at was this one. We're at 8 3. Okay. Says the Batusias again. I'm going to call the Batusias. I don't know if that's right. Okay, and then the next one would be. Let me see. It's C. 
H-M-C-A-K-O-O-Z-E-R-G-O-A-X-S. So in this one, the shift, the shift is three. Oh wait, I did it wrong. <laughs> no, I explained it to you wrong. You to me? Yeah. Okay, tell me. The, the the number on the top is the number of spaces, like the, the the number that you're shifting by. The number on the bottom is the number is the number of letters. Okay. If this is correct. Okay. If this is correct, we'll see. Let me see. C H M shifted by four. So this letter. That is correct. Let's see what M is. It is I. So we got C-H-I. Oh, you're right. That is it. You are right. You're right. Chewie was right. I hate you, Chewie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is like the lock on that stupid demon child game Ash is playing all over again. Oh my god, it does feel like that. Goodness gracious. Maybe it's, maybe it's not, though. No, the lock, yes, but maybe that's not the shift. Because if, if that's right, then this does this would read it, spell out Chicago. It says, Chicago blank happens to men who don't repay men like them. Chicago what? Then that, that might be right. I think I did this one wrong, though. Let me make sure. Why? <sighs> oh, okay. I, um, I figured mine out. Okay, uh-huh. What did you... What, this is on what page? Okay, so we gotta go to the second page. Okay. So it's, if I sold the theater, where would that leave us? And then in the last page, it's uh, Batusias or whatever. Beauteous. Oh, you got Batusias again? Yeah. I don't want to, and I don't think you'll be pleased, my bright lady. Where are you saying? Wait, wait, where are you? In the last page. Okay, pay off the Batusias. I don't want to, and I don't think you'll be pleased, my bright lady. But even so, it seems like good hands await the... Cadence. With Ira. But I might have to sell it, even if I have to pay off the Batusias. I don't want to, and I don't think you'll be pleased, my bright lady. But even so, it seems like good hands await the... Cadence with Ira. Then how come mine reads so stupid? Because mine says, because mine, I'm trying to read it, is like, okay, hold on, where was it? Uh, the 4 3. My bright, my bright lady. <laughs> it says, face it, the play isn't working, even though my love is in it. I'm going to need to call the Batusias again, and before. And before they have to be the ones to pick up the phone. And before they have to be the ones to pick up the telephone. Then I wrote, Chicago Ozergoics happens to men who don't repay men like him? Chicago Ozergoics? No. Okay, I think Chicago is <laughs> right. Well, because it sounds like a place okay, in the word. Here do something wrong. I'll, I'll help you with that one. All right. And then so the we got Chicago. One. Let me see. The next one is Chicago Ozagaxo. Good luck. And then the next one is if it, if I. All right. Let's see. Let's figure it out. S T I S T 
Mst. My bright lady. Ebony, that's you. The bright lady. I know. There's also a dark lady. He was really into the bright and the dark. STL. I already figured that one out. What? That's sold the theater. If I sold the theater. All right, so now we just have to figure out Chicago yeah. Ozark. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Oh, oh, oh. Let me figure it out. Let me figure it out. Because I'm stupid. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two. It's okay because mine weren't any better. I got Chicago Overdueds. Ah, it's Chicago over Overcoats. Chicago overcoats. Chicago okay. overcoats happen to men. What's a Chicago overcoat? Let's look that up. I'm scared. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's a sex thing. <laughs> a Chicago overcoat. What does that mean? <laughs> Apparently, it's a movie. Oh, it's the pew, 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 Meaning coffin or cement shoes. Oh, it's prohibition era slang meaning coffin or cement shoes. <gasps> Oh shit! Oh shit! Chicago overcoats a man who don't repay men like them. So who the fuck are the Batusias though? Who are the Batusias? How do you spell B E A? Batusia. Batusia. Como se escribe? Batusia. Oh, Batusias! New York. Hunt a killer. Apparently, they're like the Betusia. That has to be the Betusia. Betusia is correct. I'm scared of clicking on this because I don't want, like. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Look at, did you see that the Cadence has, like, their own, like. Yeah. I can't. I can't, no. Wait, it's a real theater then, the Cadence Theater Company. Because this is a uh, 13 by Jason Robert Brown. Hashtag not sponsored. True West. I love True West. I love this. Oh, I think it's dealing with the mob. Yeah, the Betusias. Betusias, New York. It's a look at I was looking up. Organized fam, organized crime. Organized crime. Who's that? I'm guessing it has to be a crime family. Alright, so Georgie owed a lot of money to the Betusias of New York. So wait, let's read the whole thing now. Let's read the whole letter now. But with the with the with the coded words in it. Yes. Okay, I leave it to you because you figured most of it out. Face it, face it, face it. Thank you. It's rough out here in these streets. 
Okay, face it, the play isn't working even though my love is in it. I'm going to need to call the Vitusius again and before they have to be the ones to pick up the, um, before they have to be the ones to pick up the telephone, Chicago overcoats happen to men who don't repay men like them. I need to pay them what I owe. Write it down, look at it. Maybe then it will finally sink in. I'll forgive you, my darling. I know you'll make it up to me. You know what? Hold on. Give me one second. All right. Here we go. Forgot that it was a transcript. Mm-hmm. How do I make it up to me? What, what could I do to get what they need? Well, there's one thing I could use. My only thing. It is my livelihood. It is everything. It is what brought my love to me in the first place. But if I, if I don't, what could, ha- what could that mean for me and you? sold the theater oh if i sold the theater where would that leave us if i left this place and these people i'm sure i could convince you to come with me i can imagine it in verse in the way i know you would appreciate a way of which i know you are fond the two of us atop no you know what i'm gonna read it wrong the two of us stop the world stop the empire state building (laughs) not in the arms of any old buffoon but in mine a world that means to keep us apart would make us spend 120 days in Sodom as no 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 <laughs> such vulgarity such mundanity it is inappropriate for a beauty such as you my darling will anything be good enough some people just aren't poets I suppose oh if only I could write something for you as the bard wrote the dark lady I too do rise at thy name If only my nobler part were more inclined, I would write tales of you as my bright lady. Maybe one day, maybe an epic. Of course, there's always the problem of the Batu, no, that was the Batus as well. Yeah, wait, Tia. I don't have that one, you have that one. I didn't choose, I didn't fix that one. Where's that one? Of the betrayal. Oh, shit, oh, shit. We gotta do it, we gotta do it. Hold on. Didn't see it. I don't think I did. I definitely didn't do it. Oh, it's, it's fine. I was so inspired. I know. It's just like they get. They're just like shrouded in there. Like I don't okay, know. I have the thing. I have the thing open. I can do it real quick. Okay. So, uh, so F. One moment, please. Meanwhile, how are you guys doing? You guys have been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us and playing on the chat and 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 watching us scramble our our brains to figure this out so good to have your brains working sometimes right especially during a social distancing you had one of my muffins you yeah i did it was delicious alex is here hi alex you can't figure Hold on. She's trying to figure out a cipher right now. Alex, how are you? If you don't remember, Alex was actually, she played a co-host for us not too long, like a couple years ago. And she did an excellent job. She won our contest. It was really great. And she got a bunch of Japanese candies. If I do recall. Yes. Yes. So are you still trying to figure it out? Let's see. I am. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because it doesn't make sense. 
okay. Let's check. Let me. Okay, so the it's a seven, right? Okay, I got it. You got it. I got it. Yeah. They were delicious, she says. Her Japanese candies. That's thanks to Lisette. I didn't go to Japan. Okay. Of course, there's the problem of my wife, but such <laughs> problem, such problems shall be dealt with before we can be together. What what I have to deal with now, what's is direct, is what's directly in front of me. What's waiting on the west side if I don't get them? What I owe. I'd never let such problems fall to your feet. I've come to terms that I may have to sell, even if just to pay off the Batusius. I don't want to, and I don't think you'll be pleased, my bright lady. But even so, it seems like good hands await the cadence with Ira. This may have brought us together, but I don't. But I know we don't need it to stay together. Whoo, baby! Yes. Baby, that is that is complicated. Okay, so I, I love how complicated old timey relationships are. It's like my fave. Hi, Sasha. I see you there. All right, so we've already so we've deciphered what all of the all the things, right? Uh, except for Excelsior, but I think I figured it out. All right, what did you figure out? Uh, you're right about Ar Laird. So they're the only one, yeah. Um, they're the only ones that are there, like at the Excelsior bar, through the time in which it's suspected that she goes missing. And if it is an anagram, is that the one? Is that who? Is that the anagram? Is that an anagram air layered? No, no, I'm saying like if is is that the right word for like when you switch things around? A cipher? Whatever. Um, it's Ira Adler. Oh, it is Ira Adler. Oye, pero está Candela hoy. Candela. Tú. Mira tú. I came ready to solve crimes. Uh, especially now that we know that she she had a whole ass kid while in hiding in her tiny five foot one body. <laughs> Bro. So, if this is Ira Adler, all right, so we see that on the front. Okay, when was she pronounced missing? I think a couple of days after, no? She was, no, she was reported missing the next day on the 7th. But I'm trying to remember. Okay, so if he was supposedly. He made his reservation, if we look down here, at A.R. Laird, on the page 65, the Excelsior mm-hmm. Hotel. Uh, Chewy, what you've, we, we, we figured out most of the clues, and esta muchacha tan bella, and I don't mean myself, I mean my partner. She, she realized that A.R. Laird is an anagram, I think you're right, an anagram for uh, este guy, Ira, Ira Adler. So, Ira Adler, apparently on the 6th, was uh, between 5.54 p.m. and 6.15, pushed reservation following lengthy telephone conversation. So he pushed the reservation, mm-hmm. offered complimentary meal and drinks sent to the table during dinner, guest requested cocktails made to his specifications, Champagne, absinthe, dash of bitters, shot of lime, simple syrup, lemon wedge garnish. OK. 
Okay. And then again, I'll open up the next this page. And then again, we see AR layered on the back, this time at 7 p.m. So that's literally 45 minutes after the first time. And this time he says he delivered a customer, we delivered the customer specified drink as requested. Customer's guest choked during dinner. Nearby guest assisted and professional medical assistance was not required. Who is his guest? Who chose? Mm, that's a secret. I'll never tell. XOXO. Yeah. Isn't it in like episode two or three where we get like a rundown of like where everyone was? Oh, you mean like the police report? Yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it. Let me just find it. Here, so I can probably go through the, um... No, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Ira Adler. I'll tell you what, where Ira Adler was, supposedly. Ira Adler of Manhattan confirmed that he was present in the theater on the night of November 6th, but stated that he did not witness the altercation between Mrs. Gaina and her daughter. So he wasn't at the theater, though. He said that Mr. Erickson's wife showed up wanting to talk to her husband a while before 5 p.m. And Mr. Erickson called for a brief recess. While the group was on break, Mr. Adler went into Mr. Erickson's office to make a telephone call. He claims he was on the line with a clerk at the Excelsior Hotel for over an hour. Okay, so that aligns with this. He said, I wasn't about to let some fool's clerical error ruin my future happiness. Besides, I thought they could handle themselves from without me for a moment. I had no idea it would take so long. He added that he was not aware Mrs. Gaina was attacked, had attacked her daughter on stage until someone from the cast informed him of the incident later that evening. But he did note that a few minutes before 6 p.m., he heard some sort of scuffle or row from one of the dressing rooms and that shortly thereafter, uh, shortly afterwards, Shortly afterward, he heard the service elevator running, which he said he recalled because it's quite loud and is not ordinarily operated during rehearsal. He stated that he left the theater promptly after getting off the phone since I was already late for my own reservation, thanks to their incompetence. Mm -hmm. I mean... I mean, it checks out. It checks out. So he was, it, it checks out that he was on the phone for a long time. For a long time though. For like an hour and 15 minutes. Who's on the phone for an hour and 15 minutes? Unless he, unless he got on the phone to make some big stink disappeared, killed her, and came back so he would have an alibi. No, I think the person we're supposed to eliminate this this episode. You think that's the person we're supposed to eliminate? Yeah. Well, I like the conversation, I'll for complimentary meal. Delivered customer specified to the request of customer guests choked during dinner and nearby guests. 
assisted and professional med medical assistance was not required. But here's the thing. His guest could have been Evelyn. And he could have told Evelyn during dinner, hey, uh, Viola's dead. And that's what made, may, may have made her choke on, on her shit. I don't know. We could try eliminating him just to get it out of the way. Yeah. Here, I'll do it. I'm already there. You're already there? Yeah. All right. All right, so what she's doing right now is she is going back to this desktop here and she is emailing. There's a little email button over here that you don't see. Yeah. She is using the contact email situation here to contact our girl, um, Julia. No, yeah, Julia, to, to determine if we got it right. Did you get the, did I get, did you get it back? I did, I have a response. The smaller the suspect pool gets, the more real all, this all feels. Viola's killer is either who seems to have been obsessed with her, who was writing her cult tales to fame and making her life a misery in the process, or who was the last person to see her alive. It had to be one of them. I just can't work out who. Hopefully we'll figure it out soon. I'm not sure I can take much more suspense, Julia. Wow. Okay. Well, what a sentence. All right. Well, that, that really concludes this box. This was pretty fun. Um, as usual, this is a really shocking series of events. Yeah, you saw my grandfather wasn't a murderer. Oh, nice. So nice. It's so nice when you find out. You know, sometimes you just need to be confirmed. You're like, oh, phew, thank God, my grandfather's not a murderer. But anyway, so fun fact, we actually already received the final box. It is already in my possession. This final box will be mm -hmm. the end of this series. Um, we are considering just getting it over with and doing it this weekend at which time we hope that you guys will join us. It'll be a lot of oh, fun. Oh, yeah. You can help us solve this for once and for all. Who is the vicious murderer of Viola Vane? Yes, we must get justice for Viola. Always. Poor Viola. Um, but otherwise, thank this is fun. I love doing this over Twitch. This has been, this is a good time. It's nice to have other, you know, like other people interact with us too. Uh, so we'll see how we keep playing with this um, Twitch situation for something else. I leave for five seconds. The last thing I hear is my grandfather was a <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you just, <laughs> I guess you'll have to listen to the episode again to see what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this episode will be up on uh, uh, tomorrow, which is Friday. We will get justice for Viola, Alex, I promise. And uh, thank you for joining. Thank you guys for listening. And we will, so keep following our Instagram. Follow us there to, to see when we're going to be playing this again. Um, mm -hmm. What time we're going to be doing it. If we are going to do it this weekend or when we're going to do it. So that you guys can join us. Um, we love you. And... Chewy, you're going to be there. Relax. I know. Seriously. Stop being a hater. Stop being a hater.
This is just his first stop before he goes to, on to Twitch things. That's what's happening. I know. I know. That's really what's going to happen. But yeah, so the episode will officially be out tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yeah. Um. So if you missed anything, you can catch up there. Keep following us on Instagram so you know when we're going to be back on this weekend. And yeah, have a great evening. Have a great evening. Bye. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Baby Lambs podcast. Artwork created by Janabelle Art. You can follow her on Instagram at Janabelle Art, or you can follow her studio at Studio Nami Tattoo. Music created by Daniel Acosta and produced by Sunset Studios Miami. You can follow them on their Instagram at Sunset Studios Miami. And you can follow us on Instagram via our handle at Baby Lambs Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Baby Lambs PCast or Baby Lambs Podcast. You can find us now on iTunes and Google Play yeah. and even on CastBox, which is actually a really cool app. Also by finding us via our handle, Baby Lambs Podcast, or by visiting our website at babylambspodcast.com. Thanks again for listening.